What's up? Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> What's so funny? He just made me laugh. All right, so we're going to talk about the Christmas story. Take me to the beginning of the Christmas story. The angel appeared to Marianne and said, you are the most needed and God dearly's, dearly's, uh, I don't know how to say, loves you and um, he, and you're gonna have a baby. How am I I'm supposed to know because I'm not even married yet. Joseph, he had a white beard, white hair. He was wearing gray clothes. So he looked like Gandalf. And what did Mary look like? She had like a dress on, but it was white, and like a little cape over her, her head. And then Joseph and Mary had to go to Bethlehem on the donkey. Uh, how long do you think it took? Maybe about five days. That sounds about right. Then the donkey went to Bethlehem. They wanted to find a pl an inn. This is a place called Inns. All the inns were all too full. They were just like kind of disappointed. One man said, you can go to my stable where all my animals are. And they went on to the barn that they told them about. There was a cat in the barn. There was some nice sheep. Elephants, donkeys, cows, chickens. Like a doctor, so Mary can get a baby out. Mm -hmm. The baby was born, and all the animals gave us joy. And and then the cat made them a bed. They um, used a manager where animals eat out of. They put um, baby Jesus into the manager. No, 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 it was a manger. Some shepherds in the field. I think they were babysitting sheep. One angel up here said that your state savior has been born in a stable in Bethlehem. And all suddenly, um, a whole army of angels um, appeared to them singing, respect God in all of this way, your ways, I think. And then, um, and they say, give praise. There's a baby. There was three kings. They followed a star. I think it was God. Then they saw a stable. They went in it. They said, we should probably give them presents. And what gifts did they give him? Maybe milk. Christmas tree. A turkey and a snowman. They gave big, they gave Big joy, and had a great day, and that's the end of the story. And that is the greatest story ever told. How do you think you did? Nailed it. Well, if you have uh, never heard the Christmas story before, uh, I need to tell you those kids are cute, but um, they didn't exactly nail it, okay? Um, but kids are kids, and they haven't lived very long, and they hear a story, and sometimes they don't fully grasp the big picture. Part of why I wanted to show us that video is I think sometimes adults do that too. 
Some of us maybe have heard the Christmas story, or maybe we've been to a Christmas service or two, and we kind of run all of that through, filter it all through our family of origin, our assumptions about life in general, our good experiences, our, our bad experiences, and sometimes our filters, they just kind of keep us from understanding what Christmas really means, the true meaning of Christmas. And so this evening, I want to help us kind of unwrap the Christmas story. In just a few moments before we light our candles, I want to explain what Christmas means, what Christmas is really all about. And we're going to unwrap the most amazing part of Christmas first. Christmas means, first of all, that Jesus came down for you. Jesus came down for you. Christmas means that God the Father sent his only son to earth, and he sent him for you. I heard about a guy who was making a call to someone's house, and uh, the phone rang, and it was answered by a child, and the child whispered into the phone, hello? And the man said, "Uh, who is this? And the little voice whispered back, Jimmy. The man said, hi, Jimmy. Um, How old are you? Four. Jimmy, can I speak to your mom? She's busy. Can I speak to your dad? He's busy. Jimmy, are there any other people there at the house? The police. Can I speak to one of the police officers, Jimmy? They're busy. Jimmy, is there anyone else here? Some firemen. Can I speak to one of them? They're busy. Jimmy, can you tell me what all of these people are busy doing? Looking for me. You know, we're all lost children, and what Christmas is about really is our Heavenly Father sending His Son, stopping at nothing to find us, to reach us, and to bring us back to Him. Here's how far God would actually go to reach you, and if you get this, you'll never, ever get over it. This is from the Gospel of John, the very first verses, John 1, 1 through 4, And the Apostle John writes these incredible words about Jesus. He says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The mind-blowing message that John gives us in these verses is that Jesus, who is God's Son, has always existed in the beginning. From eternity past, John says, the Word was. Jesus was already there before time began. Jesus has always been. John says the Word was with God, and that means that from eternity past, Jesus has always always lived in relationship with God, his Father. And then John says the word was God, and that is just telling us Jesus is God. Now just try for a moment to wrap your mind around it. I'll let you know ahead of time you won't be able to, but we should give it our best shot. There never was a time when Jesus was not, when Jesus did not exist. Jesus is eternal because Jesus is God. Now, he is not God the Father. He's God 
the Son, and the Son and the Father, John says, are one. And then John, in addition to that, tells us that Jesus created all things. He is what theologians call the agent of creation, and that means Jesus is the source of life and light. A few verses later, John talks about how far Jesus came down for us. This is verse 14. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus, God's only son, became flesh. He became a person and he lived among other people like you and like me. One paraphrase of this verse says, Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He came where we lived. And this is what Christmas means. So let's try to put this all together. Jesus is God's son. Jesus has existed eternally. He is the creator of everything. He is God. But now he's a baby. Now he has been born. And he's living among us. It is so staggering and so astounding that I think those of us who've heard the story maybe a few times, we we end up kind of shrugging it off because there really isn't a way to process it. We really can't think of what it would mean. But I want us to keep wrestling with this for a moment. I'm going to show you a picture. It's a picture of our galaxy, uh, the Milky Way galaxy. And I don't know if you know this, but the Milky Way is like an average-sized galaxy. We don't live in the high-rent district, evidently, of the universe. Just kind of an average-sized galaxy. But our average-sized galaxy has between 200 and 400 billion stars, one galaxy. Well, that's pretty massive, isn't it? Just to put into perspective how massive it is, let's start with our planet. Uh, we know that we can fit 1.2 million planets the size of Earth into our own sun, which is actually just a medium-sized star. They found a star so large, it's called a megastar, that you could take our sun, uh, into which you could put 1.2 million planet Earths, they could take our star, put it inside the megastar, and you could put 9.2 billion of our stars into that star. And again, there are 200 to 400 billion stars in one galaxy, the Milky Way. Now look at this next picture. This is a picture taken from the Hubble Deep Space Telescope. It's actually, it's just a slice of the image uh, that we, we put up there on the screen. This is actually a picture of galaxies. Every single one of those dots, those lights that you can see is a galaxy. And all of them, each of them has 200, 300, 400 billion stars within the galaxy. So here's the point. The, the God who created the Milky Way and then who created another 200 or more billion galaxies, we don't know. This is just, just as far as we've been able to see. Each of those galaxies with a couple hundred billion stars or so, the God who spoke all of that into existence, that God humbled himself and came to earth and he was born as a baby. The one through whom the universe was made came to one of the planets he created and he was born there as a tiny baby in a manger. Now, doesn't that blow your mind? I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling, but, but here's what it means basically when it comes down to your life. Here's what it means for you. It means you're wanted. It means God wants you. 
You know, some of us have, uh, have dated people, and we were so much in love, we traveled a long way to get to see them, maybe going all the way across the country. Some of us were so in love with someone that we spent money we did not have, right? You remember that? <laughs> and bought them like a Christmas present that we couldn't afford because we just wanted to express our love. Some of us have done some other crazy things which you probably shouldn't talk about in church. I don't know. But why did we do those things? Well, when you really want someone, you're willing to go to the extreme. And at Christmas, God went to an infinite extreme. He went all the way from eternity down into time, and he did it to show you that he wants you, that he came for you. This is all designed, by the way, to create the feeling of the manger scene um, that first Christmas night. Just in case you were wondering, we planned this um, part of the program. Okay, that's the first thing Christmas means. The second thing Christmas means is Jesus came to reveal God's love for you. So the Bible says that God is love, and the Bible says that Jesus came to reveal that love, but He's the infinite, eternal God who created the universe. How are we going to understand him? I mean, like, how did you do it chemistry in high school? How did you do it physics or biology? Or some of you say, I'm good at, at science. Well, how did you do it English, okay? <laughs> you know, we're, 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 our minds are blown by simple subjects that are just on this earth. How are we going to comprehend an infinite God? How are we going to understand him? Listen to these verses. Colossians 2, 9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Hebrews 1, 3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. See, Christmas is about Jesus coming to reveal God to us by becoming one of us. Jesus is God in the flesh. Have you ever wondered... What, what Jesus looked like. I want to show you a picture that was painted by Rembrandt. Rembrandt uh, famously painted about two dozen portraits of Jesus, and he was actually uh, the first artist in history to, to not paint Jesus glowing, you know, like with a halo around his head. He painted him more realistically, and at that time, often the medieval artists in Europe painted Jesus as like, you know, blonde and blue-eyed, sort of like he was the the Savior from Stockholm or something like that. But Rembrandt, instead, he, he lived in Amsterdam's Jewish quarter, and he thought to himself, you know, Jesus probably looked like some of the people that I know who are Jewish. So he asked some of his Jewish friends uh, to sit for a painting to pose as Jesus. Because he was thinking, this is probably what Jesus looked like. Now, we don't know what Jesus looked like physically, but what the Bible tells us is that Jesus reveals what God is like to us. In his gospel, again, the first chapter, the apostle John writes, no one has actually ever seen God, but of course his only son has, for he is the companion of the Father and has told us all about him. In other words, when I see Jesus, I see what God is like. See, in the Gospels, we see Jesus welcoming children. And I, we, don't, we don't get what's going on there because in our culture, we kind of tend to worship children. But in the culture of that day, children were devalued. I mean, drastically. But Jesus 
welcomed them. We see Jesus in the culture of that day loving the outcast that no one else loved, that no one else would even spend time with. We, we see Jesus calling himself a friend of sinners. We see Jesus angry at abusive religion. Most of all, we, we see Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, revealing to us the heart of the Father. See, Jesus came down for you. That's what Christmas means. Jesus came to reveal God's love for you. That's what Christmas means. And the third thing I want to tell you about, Christmas means that Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to save you. You see, God's gift of his son at Christmas, it begins in a manger, but that gift gets opened at the cross. And we need to be saved. We are lost in our sins. This is what God did in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Hebrews 1.3 says, He is the one who died to cleanse us and clear our record of all sin." Sometimes I talk to people who want to kind of push back at what I'm saying here. They say, you know, I don't really think I need a Savior. And maybe even you, maybe you're asking right now, well, why do we need a Savior? I mean, couldn't we just like fix ourselves? I mean, isn't that what life is supposed to be about, you know, figuring it all out? Well, if that's what you think, I kind of need to go a little Dr. Phil on you tonight, okay? (laughs) I need to ask, I mean, seriously, how's that working for us? How's that working? I mean, so far, our track record is not real good, is it? After thousands of years, we're still killing each other. We're still abusing each other. We're still hurting each other in so, so many ways. And some of you know that in very personal ways. See, why do we need a Savior? Well, the Bible's answer is that we are sinners, that we are dead in our sin, that that we are slaves to our sin, that we are enslaved to doing our life our own way, even when our way ends in destruction. That's why everything is so broken. We're rebels against God, and it is who we are. It is our nature. That's why, and maybe you wondered about this, That's why we can't ever stop doing all the bad things we do, the things we know destroy other people, the things we know destroy even ourselves. We keep on doing them. I think deep down, every one of us knows this. Let me just make it personal for a moment, okay? I have a question, just out of curiosity. Did did anyone here sin at any time in the past year? Just wondering. You know, they, they say confession is good for the soul, so we're at church. We'll do a hand raise on this. Some of you are kind of eager about this, so evidently that's a thing for you, you know, especially. Um, so I'm going to ask it again. You know, uh, anybody sin at least one time this year? And if you don't think you have, you look at somebody on your row, and they look like they went down a time or two. I mean, what do you do? Here's my question. What, what do you do with the guilt? What do you do with the regret? What do you do with the pain of words and actions you cannot take back? What do you do with the darkness that you know is inside you? 
I don't know if you know this or not, but here at Southwinds, we have uh, quite a few uh, peace officers who are part of our church family, policemen and firemen. We have people who are part of the sheriff, uh, CHP, who work at prisons, a lot of different things like that. And uh, a number of you are here tonight. And I, I just I want to say, I like knowing that people like you, men and women like you are here and pretty much every service we have because it's, it's good to know someone's watching out for us and, you know, ready to protect and serve. And I was remembering one time I asked one of these guys, a question. I said, hey, you know, um, I'm your pastor, and I was just wondering if I, if you, you know, like caught me speeding, would you give me a ticket? I'd baptize this guy, by the way. And he said, Pastor Mike, I would give my wife a ticket. And I said, well, I know your wife. I understand that. Um, but I want to know, would you give me a ticket? You know, we take officers of justice very seriously in our society, people that carry a weapon, that wear a uniform, that hold a badge. That's a good thing. But what we don't have are officers of grace. You will not be pulled over by someone in a uniform tomorrow who will say, Merry Christmas, you are hereby forgiven. You will not hear someone say to you, you are now absolved of all your selfishness and all of your greed, all that bitter anger that sometimes leaks out of you and hurts people that you love. All that arrogance and all that self-righteousness, those moments of betrayal, the gossip that wounds people, the lust that rips up someone that you love, the small-minded pettiness, the cowardice. You know, when we get honest, we have to admit, don't we, that there is darkness inside us, that we need someone from outside us to come to us and help us. We need someone to forgive us, to set us free. We need a Savior. And Christmas tells us we have a Savior. Jesus came to save us. Jesus was actually born to die Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father, no longer counting our sins against us. He came to die so that we could be cleansed from our sins, so that our record could be cleared of all of our sins. Jesus came to save you. And that means you can be forgiven. You see, Jesus died to take your sins and my sins away. And then God raised him from the dead, proving that his death did pay for our sins. And he now offers forgiveness as a gift. And it's a free gift. You can never earn enough to, uh, to merit it. All you need to do is receive it. And that's what we're told in John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And I just want to tell you, tonight, Christmas Eve 2018, you can become a child of God tonight. There's only one thing you need to do, and that is to receive God's gift. In Jesus, you can be forgiven. Something you can't earn, something you can't pay for, it is just a gift, and you must receive it. You know, God doesn't charge for his gifts, and we kind of understand that, don't we? We're going to open some presents tomorrow. Who's for opening presents here? I mean, 
We're going to be opening some presents. It's going to be really exciting. And I'm just kind of curious, is there anyone here that's going to charge your kids at Christmas for their present? You hand them a present and you say, here's your present. Give me 25 bucks. I mean, that's not likely to happen, is it? Because gifts are freely given. Gifts also come wrapped. You have to open them. Some of you, you're excited right now because you can't wait for someone special to open a special gift that you bought them. I mean, like, I doubt that anyone here is going to wake up tomorrow morning and there's going to be like an Audi or a Lexus on your driveway with a big bow on top of it. But that would be cool. And if you want to give me one, I'll take it. Um, But I was just thinking, can you imagine how you would feel if you had planned all year and you'd saved a lot of money up and you shopped and you, you got exactly the right gift and it was so special and you couldn't wait to give it to that person that you really cared about and then tomorrow morning they just picked it up and they looked at the box and they put it back down under the tree and they walked away, never opened the gift. So you don't earn a gift. You just receive that gift, and you receive that gift by opening it. And you open God's gift by receiving his son. See, Jesus came for you, and the question of Christmas is, will you come to him? Will you unwrap his gift tonight by asking him to come into your life? I want you to listen again to Luke 2, verses 10 and 11, which we read earlier. These words say, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Don't miss, the angel doesn't just say Christ is born. He says Christ is born to you. The angel doesn't just say, I bring good news. He says, I bring good news to you. The true meaning of Christmas is that God has sent his son, and he's come all the way down from eternity to our planet, and he's done it for you. He's come to reveal the love of the Father for you. He's come to save you. And this is what Christmas is really all about.